Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. Here we go. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode. What's up? Yeah, man, it feels like this is take 27. (laughs) I mean, we always have initial sound issues. We're not going to put down any of the software that we use, though, because then they might not let us use it anymore or yeah. something. We'll, we'll, we'll keep that. We'll keep that on the down low. That's under wraps. Um, how's it going out there? Y'all denizens of the Internet. I am Jose. This is AJ. Eli. And this is Walt. And this week, uh, our topic is the recently released Netflix film starring Jamie Foxx. Project Power, but first, a couple of disclaimers. Uh, As usual, we are recording remotely because of the COVID pandemic. We're trying to be as safe as possible while we record, and um, we are recording remotely, as I said, and we are using all kinds of new equipment and all that, so if you have any sound artifacts, any issues, feel free to let us know, but also please bear with us. We would really appreciate it if you would bear with us right now and... uh, Besides that, we also, um, the best way to support our podcast, of course, is to like, rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on all the podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, where all your favorite podcasts are. Yeah, we're everywhere. We're just about anywhere. You You can find us. You can search for us on Google. You can search for us on DuckDuckGo, Bing, any search engine. You'll be able to find us under Get Geek Podcast. So yeah, please do that. Like, rate, share, and subscribe. Support us, guys. And if you enjoy the po- the podcast, again, just let us know. And let us know what you like. And let us know what you would like to see. So let's get right into it. Uh, Project Power. Who wants to give their, their initial impression, Im- impressions with this uh, Netflix original movie? Yeah, man. I think we should. Uh, you want to go first? Uh yeah all right I just I actually just finished watching Project Power oh, okay, with nice. uh, with uh, again the the stars of the film are Jamie Fox we who needs no introduction uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt and Dominique Fishback who's actually a fine actress that's been in other um, TV shows such as The Deuce on HBO mm-hmm. she played a fantastic role on that show she was actually one of my favorite characters on that show for the two seasons that she was kind of featured and then she kind of disappeared, which was sad, but she's a, she's a great actress. So I was intrigued when I recognized that it was her in this movie. Um, so overall though, um, just to give you, not to give you, leave you too much in suspense, uh, no spoilers, of course, with this quick impression, I wasn't enamored with the movie. Um, there were some really nice high points. There was some good acting because Jamie Foxx is great. Joseph Gordon-Levin. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is great. Dominique Fishback is great. The concept is somewhat interesting, although it does feel like they recycled a couple of other recent concepts from TV shows like The Boys and a couple of the sort of set piece design kind of the the concepts of the villains are lifted it seems like from 
films that I've seen recently, even other films that I've seen recently on Netflix, some recent Netflix original action films. Yeah, um, wasn't there like a wasn't there like a movie and a TV show that kind of had the same concept? I think the yeah. movie had. Um, I mean, like the boys to me, it reminds me of the boys on Amazon well, there Prime. Was ac- no, that was actually. But there's, wasn't there actually one where you took a pill and you got smarter? Yeah, that was movie? a movie and a TV show. I think wasn't it? it yeah. Limitless. Limitless. I don't think I've seen it, but it was a uh, Bradley the Bradley Cooper. Yep, movie. That's the one yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. It's it, the, the concept, you could say, it's kind of similar also because, yeah, Bradley Cooper was smarter, but also he was he had better reflexes and, and stuff, exactly. it, it seemed like, as well. It wasn't like superhuman powers or strength or anything like that, but I guess because of his, his greater brain power, he was more physically capable also in that film. Mm-hmm. So it reminded me a little bit of that in a way. I guess you could say that it's, it's uh, or I guess you could say it is reminiscent of that more than it reminded me personally since you brought it up. Um, and I, I mean, for me also, it kind of felt like it could have been two different movies or even three different movies because I've been feeling this a lot lately in some of these Netflix films we talked about um some of the the recent releases on netflix the really recent charlie's theron film um that was released on netflix and i felt like this movie although it wasn't very long it could have even been longer because of the amount of characters that were introduced in this film and i felt like there was a separate story that could have been told with jamie fox and his daughter character and joseph gordon levitt and well, Dominique Fishback, her character. I think there was there was too much trying to intertwine all their separate stories. Um, yeah. I know this sounds like an odd critique to start off with, but it also it almost feels to me like the movie was written without Jamie Foxx in mind, and I could be totally wrong about that. But then, like maybe somebody found out that they could jet, get Jamie Foxx for this movie. So they decided to get Jamie Foxx and put him in the movie. I don't know if that makes yeah. any sense to you, what I'm trying to say in that in that aspect. Yeah, it's I not that you. I didn't like him. What was that, AJ? I said I get you. Yeah, maybe you kind of see what I mean. But like, and I'm not saying I didn't enjoy Jamie Foxx's character. I didn't enjoy like some of the set pieces and action scenes that involved him. Like I said, there were some great high points, as there could be and should be at the very least a few from a concept that's this interesting because it is a concept that's been done before, but I don't think anybody's like completely knocked out of the park. Like I said, the most recent example for me is the boys. Um, but you know, there's definitely better shows than the boys. It's one of the more interesting shows on TV, but it's not the best show, not my favorite show right now. Um, so it, 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 it was not bad. It could have been better. It was uneven. It was, a little bit too much in terms of trying to develop the amount of characters that they had who were, again, all good actors, which is probably why they were kind of forced to do it because you can't have these great talents and not try to use them. Um, and there were a couple of funny cameos uh, at the beginning of the movie, the, in the the initial, let's say, action scene with Jamie Foxx and that, that first character that takes uh, the power. It, that's uh, Machine Gun Kelly, the rapper Machine Gun yeah. Kelly. Yep. Um and Casey Neistat dies in the bathtub. He dies in the bathtub for the second time in his career. 
Oh, really? What other? Because yeah, he's, he's been in a, a, like two or three movies, I think, right? Yeah, but he also did a video with um, his his now girlfriend, Megan Fox. And I believe um, she throws like a, an electrical appliance into a bathtub <sighs> and, you know, he gets electrocuted there. So um, okay. I guess that's becoming his niche. It's a healthy relationship, it sounds like. There you go. Uh, all right. Uh, so he's, yeah, he's in the movie. That's a, a fairly interesting cameo, and he he does a fine job with what he's given. So, like, you know, good for him. And like I said, Casey Neistat of YouTube fame is also in the film. Uh, he's kind of the, the the thug with the with the glasses, the sunglasses and the gun, and, and the girlfriend in that, that scene later on involving the power. Uh, his girlfriend in that in that situation, we'll call it. So that's Casey Neistat doing his little um, cameo. And I, I do have to mention also, he's briefly in the movie, but Courtney B. Vance plays the the police captain, I think. And he's a pretty he's a, a pretty old school actor. He's been around for a while. He's been in a lot of things, and he's a pretty good actor. So a little bit of a shout out to him as well. So yeah, I mean that that was a little overlong way of saying like the movie was was not bad in my opinion could have been better um probably wouldn't watch it again won't give my numerical rating until the end though and until we spoiled some things so again quien quiere hablar ahora who wants to talk now go ahead jay well i think this movie has a lot to offer in terms of conversation Mm -hmm. And now that you are kind of bringing it to my attention, I can see where you say that it's like the boys, but I'd like to argue later that it's not so much the boys, although it might be, depending on how you look at it. I would agree with that. It's just a quick reminder in my head. It's not exactly like it in any in any stretch. Yeah. Who's Mm -hmm. next? Oh, Oh, okay. Very quick impressions. Well, it was an interesting movie, but it was tedious in key parts, at least to me. Like, the very beginning was a great introduction to the setting, the environment, and the uh, world that, like, the characters live in. But it it was also neat with the uh, cameo from, what's his face again? Uh, Machine Gun Kelly? or Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, That that chase scene was awesome. Mm-hmm. But everything a little bit after the middle part, around the ending, it it all started getting a little bit rushed. Well, the whole movie was rushed in general, at least to me, but that's I where agree. it really started to get sped up. Um, one of my main problems with this movie was Frank. They seem, It seems mm-hmm. like he was dragged in most situations. Like, they had an explanation for it, but he was like, it seemed to me he was too easily convinced by everything. Gen- generally mm-hmm. because yes, it was rushed, but um uh anyway, yeah, it he w- he needed to be given a little bit more screen time in the movie cuz he was he played an important role, so it wouldn't make sense to have somebody who's important to the plot but isn't really shown that much. Um, there might be a lot of people who disagree with me, and I understand. Um, the last part had potential, but 
it it generally was really corny. Not even gonna <laughs> lie. There goes the corny comment again. A high yeah, number like, on the corny scale. Yeah, it was really, really, really corny. Especially I agree that at times, scene where he went was. as AJ described it, Super Saiyan. No, uh, no, no, no spoilers yet. No spoilers oh, oh, yet. Okay, okay, okay. Stop, what stop. are you doing? Sorry, sorry. No spoilers. It's just quick impressions. That's yeah. all. No spoilers. Corny. I mean, That's it. Bruh. Corny. Here's a good corny corniness example for me that I would agree with you. The 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 noise that the the power makes when they when they take it. Like why does why does a medication make noise? That's a little yeah, corny yeah. to me. I mean, I understand why they're doing it, but that's an odd detail. That's kind of corny in its execution. Um, Walt, what are your impressions of the film? So, with with Project Power, just like you, I was I was intrigued by it because of the star power that it had. You know, mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx. We know who Jamie Foxx is. He's an Oscar winner. You know, he's he's done a lot of you know really really good projects. He's done a lot of you know. Um, very, very different projects and stuff. He's gone from sci-fi to drama and things of that nature. And Comedy, he, right? He's coming he back into the, the superhero role here. Um, as for JGL, I'm I'm a big fan of his for a long time. You know, he's mm-hmm. he started out in the indie circuit, you know, um, and he's, done a lot he's of one of those with- actors for me that you know, continues to impress in in a lot of the projects that he does. Um, but he hasn't gotten, I guess, maybe the recognition or the role that puts him on the map yet, you know? Right, like completely um, over the top. Because he's had some good starring right. roles. I was going to say he's exactly. Ryan Johnson he, he's in the past. Done, yeah, was he's it, done uh, some Brick? really, really good movies. He just hasn't gotten that starring role, you know, that that vehicle that really puts him out there, you know? The closest um, was like 500 Days of Summer, and that was kind yeah, of a romantic comedy. Done, so that's not gonna. Yeah, he's done very niche, yeah. niche um, films, which is good, you know, because he's working on his craft. But and he's know, also I done think, blockbusters too. But he's always kind of like a secondary character because you yeah. look at him in like you know the Dark Knight. Like I, like I couldn't when I was watching this, Inception, I couldn't help but you know? remember him being in in Dark Knight Returns, you know what I'm saying? He's, he was like Robin. Or Rises, which I forget which one Rises, it is. Yeah. Rises, uh, Dark yeah. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, yeah, he was like that. He was almost the same character, I feel like. Exactly, you know? Yeah. So okay. So as I was watching it, there. I got that sense. And with the other girl, with the girl, Dominique Feshback, you know, and she you know, looks like she's real, real ready though, to kind of, hit the big time. Real quick, you that know? kind of proves Eli's point about 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 Frank Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, though, like what he was saying about how motivations and all of that. But yes, Dominique Dominique is is a fantastic actress. Dominique Fishback. Yep. Um, have you seen The Deuce on HBO? I have not. That's okay. always been on my on my to do list, but my to do list is like huge. So yeah. You know. Well, if you if you want to see The Deuce, you have to see The Wire first because it's the same same creator it's okay. a similar similar aesthetic uh the deuce is shorter though so it's a little bit easier to get through but it's not as good by any stretch as the wire but yeah dominique fishback plays one of the one of the very central characters in the first couple of seasons in the wire and she is and was one of my favorite characters because she's such a good actress and yeah she's just, she's just doing the same thing here you know, yeah. she's just 
she's just eating up the screen whenever she's on it, you know? Yeah, with, with something that I think personally, like I said, I don't love the movie, I don't hate it, but I think that some of these great actors weren't given a lot to work with, and I think she does the best with what she is given of the three stars mm-hmm. um, in making it interesting and intriguing and being charismatic with it. Not that, you know, Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt aren't awesome actors and charismatic act- actors, but I feel like of the three there, or the, yeah, of the three of them, she's, she's putting in more effort and the two of them are more phoning it in. Yeah. Uh, so in my opinion, for, for me, you know, it seems like Netflix is, is really, really pushing their way into the, the summer blockbuster thing because we've had, Mm-hmm. A couple of films, you know, and, and it seems like Netflix is trying to take the place of the blockbuster season because of what's going on with the coronavirus and COVID-19. And, mm-hmm. you know, normally, you know, around this time, we're getting Marvel movies and DC movies and stuff like that. And we're not getting it. So Netflix is filling the void. They've already had Six Underground. They did um, Extraction. This seems like the the bookend to the summer movie blockbuster season. This feels like the movie that's going to end the summer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't... I found the concept interesting, but like you said, we've kind of seen this before. Um, so it, it really... It wasn't something that I was super excited about right i was excited about the actors there but the concept kind of seemed you know it's been done before um i didn't think the movie was the greatest plot wise i think there was a lot of missed opportunities that they had there i will say this the vfx was really good you could tell that netflix poured some some money into this in terms of the special effects i was happy to hear that a lot of the stuff was done practically as opposed to, you know, using actual computer graphics. So you have that aspect, too. I think the actors did as well as they could do, given what they had. I think the plot was probably the weakest part of the film. Um, It was entertaining, but like you, I don't think this is a movie that I would revisit. You know, this is not something that I would probably say, hey, Let's watch it again, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because it wasn't really that deep. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of things where you can go back and say, I have to rewatch the movie because, you know, there was a lot of deep plot lines or a a lot of themes that, you know, would make it worth my while going back to see it. So, you know, I was a little disappointed. It was fine. It was an hour and 53 minutes. So, you know, it's it's not like it's an hour and 53 minutes wasted, but. You know, it's it's not, in my impression, not one of the better movies that Netflix has rolled out recently. Yeah, it was about an hour 40 or something like that. It seems like Netflix, there's a, they're really long credits on all these dang Netflix movies. They're like 10 minutes or longer, so. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. It's not, it's not as intriguing as, like, some movies that we've seen on Netflix recently. Like, for instance, I found The Old Guard to be, more entertaining, more intriguing characters, better pacing. Um, I think overall, that's like more of a superior movie in comparison to this yeah. one of what we see. Well, the, the old guards did have blockbuster the stuff, of having, you know. Yeah, the old guard did have the benefit of having, you know, pre-existing material that they can draw from. Right. You know, this is more of an original film. 
you know, I don't think that it's it's being adapted from anything that came before it. So, you know, it's it's just an amalgamation of like, you know, like you said, the the Bradley Cooper film. Um, there was there was some you know what what I really got out of it? I felt like I was watching an inhuman movie that wasn't based in the Marvel universe and that they would only get their powers for five minutes, you know, because, you know, with you, as you well know, with the Inhumans, they get activated by Terrigen mist, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. whatever power that they have, that mist kind of activates it and that's who they are. This is kind of a similar thing, except it's temporary. You you take a pill instead of getting, you know, inhaling that mist. And instead of keeping the power, you only keep it for like five minutes. And you have to continually take the pill over and over again. So, you know, it, it just seemed like they were trying to mix different stories together. And this is what came out. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it it could have been better, I think, but I, I guess now we could open it up to should we open up to spoilers and and talk yeah, about what we really it. did like and what we really did not like about the film? Absolutely, let's get into it. Okay, um, so yep, of course, for everyone out there listening, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We're getting into it. We're going to review the movie and we're going to reveal just about whatever is on our mind about the plot and about the characters. Um, so all right, so the film. Um, a little bit more of a breakdown on the synopsis is, and this is just, a, I'll pull a little bit from the Netflix, um, or excuse me, from the Wikipedia plot synopsis here. Uh, but in, in near future New Orleans, a mysterious distributor offers a free supply of power. That's the name of the movie, Project Power. That's a pill that grants unpredictable superpowers for five minutes, as you noted, Walt, to a, mm-hmm. to a group of drug dealers, including Newt. Okay, that's the, the character at the beginning of the movie. Six weeks later, Nuke's teenage cousin Robin, who is the, is Dominique, uh, the actress Dominique in this in this film, Dominique Fishburne, uh, a dealer herself, is nearly robbed by customers seeking power. She's rescued by Officer Frank Shaver, one of her regular buyers. Um, he's hunting for the distributor Biggie, um, and then Art is shown. Uh, he's also hunting for the distributor Biggie, I should say. He tracks down Newt. And they have that that crazy fight scene in the beginning of the movie, which. So I guess I'll give, you know, while, while we're going through the plot here, we, we can give quick impressions. But like at that beginning scene was both. You know, I it was an interesting, but it also. I don't know how to how to to kind of express that I, I kind of like that scene, but it still didn't really blow there me away. There was something off about it. Yeah. It was really, I, there was really something off about it. I don't know what it is. I think part of what was kind of off about this film for me is that even though Jamie Foxx is an awesome action movie hero, like he's freaking Batman in this film. Because he's fighting like all of these super-powered supervillains and has like a relatively... like Like... I don't know many people that could could have an effective battle without superpowers against the dude who's like basically the human torch, like chasing you all over the place. And then oh. Jay Fox has a couple of other fights later on with like some of these superpowered beings. And it's it there's something off about like the combat, I think. I think he's just a little too good for my taste. Um well, I think um I think that I beginning know. fight 
like you said, it was a little weird because you're you're dealing with basically, like you said, the Human Torch, right? This guy is is setting everything on fire as he walks through that apartment, that little that little thing. And I guess if you wanna if you wanna really stretch it, you you can say that because the character that Jamie Foxx plays, Art, is a soldier, that he's able to kind of think on his feet and adapt to the situation. Because yeah. there w- there was a point where you know clearly he wasn't he wasn't getting the best of machine gun Kelly I mean Newt right yeah um in the fight but then MGK there was that sure. point where he fell out of the building and then you know he came back in and there was that Spanish lady and as the guy came in she threw water on him and he noticed that so you know there was a little bit of adaptability on on Art's part there. Where he said, "Okay, you know what? Let me find a shower. Let me let me take my jacket off, get them wet, and then maybe I can use that against them." So, you know, there was, but again, there was something really off with that scene. You know, it, it just it felt like Machine Gun Kelly. I mean, Newt um, should have really annihilated him really, really quickly. You know, yeah, I felt that with a couple of these action scenes, and I I feel like. If if Jamie Foxx's character art approached these these combat scenes with a bit more of a plan, then it would have made more sense to me. But he kind of just like jumped in, interrogated all these people, or just started fighting all these people, and somehow in fighting these characters with crazy powers, like there's a character that basically is like he's like fake Hulk, and it he even really looked do like much. the scene from Avengers. Yeah, you know? it looked it very much looked like it in that scene. That's a little bit later in the movie, but like he's like a fake Hulk, and you know them getting away is one thing, but like the unceremonious way that he kind of defeats this character, like maybe that's part of what it is for me, I guess, because it's it's like there's a few scenes in the movie with where the promise is really about to show, okay, and like that that's one of the scenes where it's like, oh, hey, that's cool. There's this guy who's like his power. Because as we've noted, every single person, like a, like an inhuman, has a different power when they take the the pill called power. Hey, and what what, yeah. do you, what do you think about this though? Because again, we're we're leaning back to the adaptability of art in these fight scenes, and the movie does go and make a point that you don't know what power you're going to get until you actually take the pill. Right. You know. So. How would you feel if maybe they had gone into his military career a little? And and I see this is why I think this movie probably would have benefited with a longer runtime because you could have kind of filled in some of the blanks here. I think the movie and the character would have been better served if they had gone into his military career and shown that you know he was one of these guys that was quick to quick to think on his feet and things of that nature i think that would have helped the believability of the fights that we saw in the film itself you know what i mean he was also yeah. part of the first round of trials yeah they didn't yeah. show any of that stuff we 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 were just told that that happened we were told that he was a soldier i think that character especially would have benefited by a couple of flashbacks showing 
the type of soldier and the type of person that he was before he started all of this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like yeah. so. Like this is kind of what I meant when I felt like that it could have been a few different movies, maybe in this universe, because you have the Jamie Fox. You take Jamie Fox out of the movie and just take him and just just leave him on his own in this plot, and you have like almost like a superhero version of like Man on Fire or something like that. Yeah, like you could you true. could you could come up with something like that with this film. I feel like because they were leaning in that direction with kind of like his character's demeanor and like some of the thematic elements and like the fact that it's a little different, but like he's trying to save his missing daughter. And if you made it a little bit more of an introspective like solo thing with Jamie Foxx, it could have been a lot more interesting because then like you guys said, AJ and Walt, you could have explored more of his of his backstory. You could have seen more of those trials with the initial, you know, with the initial trials of using the power, um, some of his military background that they only very briefly mentioned. And then like, we're just supposed to believe that this guy's like this badass super soldier who can take out super villains. Like they don't, they, you know, they, they don't give you enough. And it's kind of like Eli also said, it's like, they don't give you enough motivation for certain characters. Cause when you look at Frank, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, he's a little too easily swayed by everyone into like, and it's the same thing kind of honestly in the dark Knight rises, which is why Walt and I kind of agree. He's a similar character. He's just, he's like just the good guy, but he's a little too naive because you, you don't know what the heck yeah, these he's the boy scout are. Yeah. Yeah. He's but like, he boy doesn't scout. know any of them. So he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, well your, your daughter's missing. Okay. I'll help you. Like, how does he know that? How do any of these people know that about art? How do they know that that's the truth? Right, um, and you know they have the whole. He has the whole line like, "Am I lying?" And that's supposed to be like him yeah, stating yeah. that you know, really confidently stating that he's telling the truth. But it's yeah, but it show, falls a show flat. why, yeah. But show why that that line is relevant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Don't just falls flat. put it out mm-hmm. there. You know? Eli, were you going to say something? I thought I heard you um, trying to interject. Uh, um. Well, one of um, actually, it's like almost almost kind of like add on to that yeah they could have focused a little bit more on his daughter because they talk he talks about mainly like how he had like um the power how she had like the the power stuff the so yeah yeah with with his his story that we were told he was one of the he was one of the people that had the pill you know they had generated this pill and he was one of the subjects right yeah. and then he had a child and you know they even mentioned it in in the the classroom sh- scene where it was like um fetal, fetal alcohol, alcohol. alcohol right yeah. so basically Passed the down power that he had basically. transferred over to the kid right yeah but the, we never yeah. got to see any of that stuff or the yeah, the so power the activated by just, the power <laughs> right. yeah they could show like not just his power but maybe focus a little bit more on uh focus a little bit on Tracy too because she's like basically the main problem the well the main not the main problem she's but the, the main the reason thing that drives the movie yeah the, the thing that drives the problem and the plot whatever I almost so would have maybe if they focused a little bit on her I, I almost would have liked it more like honestly um if they like you said Eli they had focused more on her but they could. They shouldn't have revealed her power because that was a decent reveal at the end, I guess. Um, 
but they could have explored her more in captivity and like flashbacks. Right. I think that would have been like, and you could have even, so if you kind of brought the movie and pared it down, you could have had Dominique Fishback just play his daughter, Tracy and have them both in the movie still. And you could have told the story from their two perspectives, her being in captivity and him trying to find her. Yeah. That's and I true. think that would have been better. Yeah, you could have you could have taken those two characters and put them together. And again, you could Just still do something. The movie. Yeah, and you could still do something with her and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Almost if you took out Jamie Fox, because there was too much stuff here. It was almost too compelling. To the the possibilities were too compelling for this movie's own good because they couldn't explore all of that. I think is kind of what there, the thing there's is. a there's a version of a movie of this movie in my mind that I'll get into later that may may have helped the movie go along a little bit, but, you know, I'll save that for a little bit later. Um, do you guys want to talk about um, Frank? And, and Because we've spoken a lot about art so far. Do you guys want to talk about art, uh, Frank, a little bit? Um, I guess I can. Uh, I'm really going to go into my, my own likes and, you know, all that stuff. But yeah, I'll I'll speak on that very briefly as I go over my uh little list. So one of the things that I liked about this movie was the conflicting perspectives that they presented. Um I felt like this was the kind of movie where the characters, yes, they are important, but this was a movie I found myself looking beyond the characters in a lot of instances. So you look at Frank. Frank was someone who used the power. But how did he use it? He used it for good. He, he, Frank is a cop uh, in this story. And, you know, he's portrayed as he really cares for the city he protects. He... Uh, He's hardline good. You, you can't have this muddled good where it's like, oh, you're good, but you know, you're taking orders from someone else and they're not particularly good. He was good, good. So good that he was the vigilante type hey, in this movie. He lost his job. Yeah, and he lost yeah. his job. Hmm. Then you have the other, uh, not, I don't want to say less traveled, but. The one you, I don't want to say you didn't expect it, but I certainly found it kind of interesting. Those who chose not to use it. And that would be, the this perspective was best embodied by Art and Robin. So you have the potential for getting power for five minutes. That's the big thing. But these are the characters that are able to see past that whole enticing temptation and say well this all sounds all well and good but what if there are drawbacks and through them you find out there are drawbacks that it's not all it's cracked up to be yeah, especially robin when she mentions why yeah. she doesn't take it right you yeah. can die upon first taking it and we've yeah. seen we saw instances of that in that film there during the fight where art comes face to face with biggie and gonna get into that because yeah. i have an issue with that but. there's a guy he's like okay i'm gonna take one for the boss time to get in the fight 
He uh, spontaneously combusts in a shower of blood and bone. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. how unpredictable these things are. <laughs> and so now, so you have for good those who choose not to use it. You also have those who use it for bad. And that's obviously embodied by, I don't want to say Newt is a bad guy, but he cer- certainly wasn't doing the right things from a certain point of view. Mm-hmm. And of course, you had your cookie cutter villain, Wallace, who was the, what's this guy's name? Uh, he was portrayed by Tate Fletcher. I think that's how you pronounce his name, right? Okay. Yeah. And that's pretty obvious, but hey, yeah, it's part of the narrative they're telling. And now you step away from, and in terms of perspective, you you start turning away from use it, don't use it, how you use it, to who's pushing you to use it, and the ideas surrounding the power. You have. The guy who creates the need, who is embodied by Biggie. Here, this is your opportunity to change your life forever. Or at least momentarily to give you that leg up. That was one of... And and then the last perspective that I'm going to go over was the progressive perspective. The you got to do whatever it takes to get to where you want to go. And this perspective is best embodied by... Dr. Gardner, the person who, uh, whatchamacallit? She runs the evil corporation. Yeah. And engineered the, the, pill. the power yeah. from uh, Art's daughter. Now I'm going to get into the themes. And I was kind of surprised that you guys didn't, or I don't know, maybe you didn't. No, I'm sure you picked up on the themes. but mm. So... There's a line by Art, and it sums up a good part of what they were trying to do. Because when I was watching this movie, like I said earlier, I don't think it was so much about the characters. You gotta, you gotta come at it from more of a. How do I explain it? You come at it from a sort of. You're looking at the whole. Not so much the individual. And what Art says, I, I found this very interesting. At uh, one point in the movie, he's talking about who's making the pill, how they made the pill. And a line that drew my attention was, he goes and says to, what's her name? Uh, the young one. Robin? Robin. Robin. Robin, yeah. He goes and says, the power goes to where it always goes, to the people that already have it. Mm. It prompts questions from the audience, like, who can afford the power? Why are those people the only ones who can afford it? And I think it especially lends well to the beginning you guys were talking about. Mm. The beginning is very sneakily underhanded because it presents the illusion that the power is there for anyone to take. It's only a matter of reaching out. But as the movie unfolds, the, the reality the, the viewer is exposed to is not at all different from the reality that exists in the waking world. Sure, that the reality that true power is out there, 
but it's already been taken and usurped. And it's all just, you know, you're kind of subject to the usurper's games and machinations. Like, it's in reach, but they're always going, huh? Got to be quicker than that. Well, there's also so there's like... also the point that, you know, they're, they're using New Orleans in this case as a guinea pig. Yeah, that's exactly what know? I mean by machinations. Yeah, so so they're using they use and they're they're funneling it to the people who they believe their lives don't matter. Their lives their the value of their lives is such that, you know, nobody's going to miss them if anything goes wrong. And so it's it's interesting because and again, I think this is a missed a missed opportunity here. New Orleans is a character in the movie itself, but they didn't play it to that effect because you know you could look you could look at the way that they they filmed this movie. They even talked about it how you know Katrina was was such a big thing, and then now you know you look at you look at New Orleans right now, and they're one of the you know there's there's a big opioid uh, epidemic that's going on down there. And it's very similar to the, kind of the themes of the movie, but they they just kind of briefly mention it, but don't expound on it. And I think that's that would have been that would have given you a much deeper and richer film if you were able to connect those two things together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I happen to agree. This movie has a lot of potential, especially at the end. Mm-hmm. And, but they just didn't really go for it. Um, they had a lot of paths to go through, especially with like um, a little bit more, a little bit more ex. What? A little bit more information on New Orleans and what's going on down there mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, if you're gonna but, pick New Orleans as a place, right? With all the stuff that's going on down there and has gone on down there, why wouldn't you lean into that <coughs> fully? You know, and make it a character in your film. Yeah, yeah. There's there's instances of like them trying to to place Hurricane Katrina and the effect that that had on New Orleans into the storyline, which could have been interesting because there there was a line by Joseph Gordon-Levitt when he was talking to the police captain about, um, I think they were arguing about what they should do about power being on the streets essentially and joseph gordon levitt Mm -hmm. suspecting what you guys are saying basically that they're using it to experiment on the people of new orleans bring them down and he has this line where he talks about how what happened he says what happened the last time that the people of new orleans trusted men in suits which is an obvious reference to the government response during hurricane katrina so there's a lot of little moments like that that never really add up to anything. I think that's kind of all what we, at least in some places, feel. I think AJ thinks that it adds up to a little bit more than maybe I do. Yeah. But I think that there's there's a lot of wonderful little details like that that don't, don't have an end thread. Like and speaking... And, and speaking about the police captain, Courtney B. Vance, who is completely wasted in this yes. movie. Yeah. A yeah, fine actor. And mm-hmm. and that's the best you can give him. I, that's why I'm not sure what side of this story I want to tell, because his sort of his his 
back and forth with Joseph Gordon-Levitt could have been really interesting if they told the yeah. story from his perspective. But then you also you have, have you a have great a story with, with Jamie Foxx. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but with Courtney B. Vance, you have such a, a well-respected and a great actor. And you give him you give him the semblance of a role where he's in this position where he's trying to thread between the corporate and political, you know, um, backstory against doing what's right for his for his community. That's a that's a story that would have been fascinating to hear. And especially with with that actor telling that story, that would have been a fantastic piece. And we get what maybe three or four lines out of him. Yeah, it's a once he signs, once he signs off on Frank Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, basically being like the, the the again the character we've we've seen a million times before, although it could have been explored a little bit better. The rogue cop who goes outside of the law in order to do the right thing. Yeah. Like once once he gives Joseph Gordon-Levitt the permission to do that in this movie. Courtney B. Vance is gone for the rest of the movie. He, I think we see That's him maybe like one more time, right? Like maybe briefly. I don't think he says anything else for the rest of the in movie. the form of a text. Yeah, yeah. When when yeah. he when he essentially yeah. betrays um, JGL. Yeah. So that's that's it. That's the only other time that we get any exploration of his character and his actor doing anything in the movie. Yeah. Um, the other theme that I wanted to briefly mention that the movie, I guess, kind of brought up, but like you guys have been saying, didn't quite reach into it, was this theme of broken systems, that there are these systems in place that need defeating, systems that are designed to uplift individuals, but don't do a very good job of it. Uh it's referenced a few times in the film. Uh, it's referenced in the rap Robin composed to what her biology teacher in her head. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Uh, you know, systems not designed for people like her. And in conversations between Robin and Art, where he says that you need to capitalize on your ability to rap because that's how you win. Can I can I say something real quick on that? Capitalize on her and power, right? There's a, there's a there's a cute little story, and I know this is taking away from the movie, but I uh-huh. I think it was interesting enough for me to speak on that. Yeah, she doesn't rap. She's not a rapper. She that's what? not yeah. She's um, never now. So the the story as the story goes, she went for the audition to try and get the role. The actress, you mean? And yes. you you've heard the story, right? No, I, 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 I didn't okay. hear the story, but I know that at the end they show that somebody else wrote the 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 rap song for her. In the right? Credit. Yeah, yeah. There's a her name is Chica, I believe. I believe that's correct. Yes. Yeah, and and so, but the audition for Dominique Fishback was was one that was could have gone wrong in so many different ways because when she arrived at Los Angeles for the um for the audition and she realized that she lost her wallet. So, you know, she had, she didn't have any money, any identification. And, you know, when she, she, she realized it when she was in the hotel and she said, screw it, I'll look for it later. Let me just go to the audition and, and see what I can do. Right. So she went to the audition and she auditioned alongside Jamie Foxx. You know, they, yeah. I guess there's that chemistry test, you know, to see if they, they're well balanced. 
Mm. And everybody loved her. And she actually did a rap. And so the guy, you know, afterwards they were very impressed with her. And Jamie actually came up to him, to her, and said, you know, that's really good. You know, where did you learn to rap? And she's like, I've never rapped before in my life. Now, I've done some spoken word, but this is the first time I've ever done it. Damn. You know? And so, um, you know, just to make a long story short, the subject of um, her missing her wallet, you know, she, Jamie Foxx was like, you did a great, uh, a great audition. You know, we're very impressed. And she was like, well, hopefully this is the sign of things turning around because I've had this kind of morning. And Jamie goes, what, you don't have any money with you? And he pulled out a wad of, 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 of money from his pocket and gave her a hundred dollars as did one of the directors. She, they, they gave her $50. So she walked out of the edition paid $150. Okay. You know? So now one of the things that happened at the very end of, of filming is that she took the hundred dollars that Jamie gave him, gave her and signed it and put it in a thing and gave it back to him as a gesture of appreciation. So, you know, Little little story outside of the movie in, in production stuff. Here's another little thing that I just found out while you were telling that story. That's, uh, I guess, an Easter egg, small detail. But Chica is actually her friend in the classroom that encourages yes. her to rap. Yep. So that is that is the, the artist, the rap artist, Chica. I'm sorry if that we're getting that incorrect. But uh, in that scene early in the movie where she rea- raps to her biology teacher or whatever it is, as AJ said, that is the, yeah. the rapper that composed her raps for the film. And that was filmed back in 2018, just so that you know. Yeah. But anyway, AJ, continue. Yeah, so to wrap things up, I'm just going to say this. In watching Project Power, it seems to me that the movie is trying to start a dialogue. One that everyone ought to have, you know, with their friends, their family, even their colleagues. And I think the timing of the movie's release is also a bit telling, even though, yeah, it was delayed. But despite that, even given, you know, especially given the climate of present day America, in the words of the half crazed grade school teacher from The Incredibles, I say this coincidence? I think not. <laughs> Ultimately, what I find that I like the most about this movie is that it also asks an, an essential question. What would the introduction of real powers do to the world? And while the answer varies from person to person, I think the movie does well to show that, like Art said, power will always find itself in the hands of those who already have it. So, Eli, what did you think about some of the villains that we saw? They're especially, like, Remember there was that one fight with um, with Frank on the boat with the guy that could kind of... He was almost like Mr. Fantastic. Oh, God, that was oh, disgusting. Wait, yeah, remember the guy that could bend and stretch oh. all over the place? You yeah. guys had a big reaction AJ's to favorite. that fight. AJ's favorite. You could, you could see the smiles on him. Look, can I just can smile. I just say if really smiles were one. contortions of horror, you, you got that right. I'll just say though that that kind of I, I just want to make a quick point in regards to the villains and to that moment 
in mm-hmm. that. And I was I was gonna say this earlier, but like I felt like there were a lot of moments that were getting ready to be these big, wonderful moments and kind of underwhelmed. And this was actually that's a moment kind that of, was that's kind of the theme of this movie, isn't it? Right? Yeah, I, I, like especially, and I'm talking more action set piece wise in in my current context. Like we're not talking about the themes and stuff like that because. There was much that could have been explored and, and fleshed out there. But with mm-hmm. the action scenes, like the the for, the best example for me is um, the kind of false start they have near the end of the movie. Um, so, you know, moving a little bit forward, obviously Art and Robin kind of, you know, get connected in the film and they start to work together in the plot and they all, they all, they all start to work with, together with Frank in order to find Tracy and, and save her. And this is a little bit later on in the movie. Um, when they're they're executing their plot to rescue Tracy, Jamie Foxx's character is Art is is captured, All right? Like almost like your standard like Bond villain captures you and then mm-hmm. tells you what their evil plot is kind of moments in the movie. But it could have been done better. But I I wasn't I wasn't necessarily turned off by the way that they did that that setup because there was a good payoff that was waiting at the end of that. I was hoping at least, you know, he has that, that big speech where he tells the, the guard that's, that's in charge of him about how they all have powers that are like animals. Right. Cause that's something that they mentioned in the movie, the, the powers yeah. that they get from the drug power were sort of genetically engineered from other animals. And he talks about how the most powerful animal on earth is like the pistol shrimp or some crap like that. Then, then Wallace, shows up and you think you're about to get this big action fight between him and like basically what we thought was the second in command. And like, it's really a really, really quick scene where he just gets shotgunned twice by Jamie Foxx after punching Joseph Gordon-Levitt in, in, you know, across the room. And that was it. And this guy has like Hulk powers, basically he's like really, really awesome and badass and threatening everybody almost catches Robin and then he's done. That's kind of I mean, what he, I see throughout the movie. He knocked down a almost a two foot inch, a two foot thick steel door, yeah. trying to get to the the control room where Robin was, and he gets taken down by two shotgun blasts. Yeah, underwhelming to say the least. You know? I mean, he should have killed Joseph Gordon Levitt with one punch if he were able to do that to that door. Well, but you you also do have to remember Joseph Gordon-Levitt's power is the fact that he's, Luke he's Cage. armored. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah, he had already taken the the medication at that point, right? Right. Yeah, that's true. The power. So yeah. But but, like, but the the villains? fun the fun thing about it is that you know again you know getting into the production of it a lot of the a lot of the stunts and a lot of the fights were practical. And interestingly enough, that fight where he had with Mr. Stretchy Guy or Mr. Contortious Guy, the yeah. the guy, that was no. that was a lot of stunt work that JGL actually did. So you know, and again, that was a lot of camera tricks, and you know, a guy that's super flexible and stuff. Probably an know. actual real life contortionist or something yeah. like that. And they but that was pro- that was probably, more. in my mind, that was probably one of the better fights of the film. Yeah, I, I I really did like that fight because it brought like a whole different perspective to fighting. Uh, I don't know, I, I don't know. At least for me, it was it was a little, it was a little unique and new to see something like that happen. 
Yeah, yeah, it's like how do how do you fight a guy that you can't really break his bones because yeah. you know he's he's basically like spaghetti noodles. You know, yeah, like half the fight is hobbling and disabling. What if you can't do that? <laughs> but um, one thing I will point well, two things I will point out. Mm-hmm. First things first, the ending really reminded me of Sonic the Hedgehog the movie, <laughs> like the evil maniac who's trying to get his hands on. Um, Sonic, yeah. uh, uh, for like super evolution and stuff, and then his minions who are like robot guys who are like going after him and stuff. It was it, like was, it reminded me of Doctor Doctor Robotnik. Doctor Robotnik really much like that. And, and they telegraphed they telegraphed how that 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 whole thing was gonna gonna end because we saw a glimpse of what Tracy's power was. She had like that E.T. Elliot moment where E.T. walks by and the flower kind of like comes back to life. And I'm like, oh, my God, somebody's going to die and she's going to revive this person. And that's how we're going to end the film. And sure enough, that's exactly what happens. I mean, I was I was wondering if there was going to be something else because there was a moment that I didn't understand where they thought they were trying to hint at something else. Which one? Like it's it involved Tracy also when when Robin rescued her near the end of the movie, again, after he had executed their plan and, and art had already been captured, uh, Frank tailed Frank and Robin tailed him to find the facility where Tracy was being held, blah, blah, blah. Right. So when Robin finds them at the end of the movie, uh, Robin finds Tracy at the end of the movie, you see Tracy, you kind of see the moment where she has like her like mystique eye, like her eye turns like that mystique yellow. And then yep. it, it shows the chameleon in the tank right next to her. And it holds oh, so that thought, shot for a second. So I was so like, thought it was going to be somebody else. I thought, yeah, I thought maybe her powers like, or maybe it was somebody else or maybe her power is like, like a mystique type power because they held it for a second. Shape. Almost like they were trying to tell you something about her powers, unless that's yeah, another see, power of her that we're going to see in the sequel. I mean, and, and that's where we could have benefited from her backstory because we, we yeah. would have gotten a little bit more about what she was and who she was and why she was, so important you know yeah exactly that would have given us more more yeah more exposition more more context for what the heck was so interesting about her character um but um my second my second thing that i wanted to point out which isn't really important but it's a little bit of something weird for me they said that um, with the pill, you could take out like police stations or, and stuff, or um, the potential so, to yeah, take out a potential. Like, yeah, for example, I mean, depending on your power, right? I know, so. I understand that, but like, I felt like they were exaggerating it to the point that people actually were taking down police stations with a little bit of ease, and I felt like they they were it's at least for me, exaggerating that a little. Well, I think I think with <laughs> That's the point that weird. they were trying to make was that, and, and this was kind of leaning into what Frank was trying to do, is that um, you, have, you have this element, this group of quote-unquote villains or the criminal element, right, that are so super-powered, and Frank was trying to make the case, you know, that, hey, you know, there's people that they take this pill, you know, and the movie was trying to make the case that you you know you they take this pill they could level city blocks they could take out 
police departments and stuff like that, police precincts, and the cops are relegated to be to play by the rules, you know? And that was kind of Frank's arc. He was like, you know what? We can't do our jobs by playing by the rules because clearly the criminals aren't. We need to level the playing field. So I you think maybe that's kind of the reason why they put that comment out there to say that yeah. these guys are so OP that we need something to be able to get to that level. You know what, what story I, I was like... told better that way recently that I haven't even finished? Ghost of Tsushima has a better yes. and more interesting conflict in regards to that, where he says, like, we can't just be the way of the samurai to win this conflict. Right. The video game does it better than this movie. Were you, were you going to say something, Eli? Um, well, you know what? I, f- I feel like now that it was summed up, I feel like I understand. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think I forgot my third thing. Because I had to act, I actually had It was about thing. that thing. Yeah, about... From the place? Thing. With the stuff? With the, yeah, with the stuff. Was um, it about the, the Wolverine frog? Uh, oh, I like yeah. that fight. Oh, I oh. like that fight. <laughs> I think I think Eli remembered. Yeah. Um. They yeah. said that the powers were based off of animals, right? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. I don't really know if there's an animal who can turn into flames. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not flames per se, but there are animals that obviously can regulate their body temperature. So it's kind of the, an extreme form of what. Like, for example, reptiles, you know, reptiles are unable to regulate their body temperatures. So that's why, you know, they kind of bask in the sun. But then there are others that can regulate it very well, you know. So there are there are there are instances in the animal kingdom of stuff that you would tend to think superpowers like the comic books. A lot of the times the powers come from like an animal, you know. And it's just exemplified. And, and you, you know, yeah, you also I have guess. to think about it this way. That is an actual thing. But if you notice what the power actually does, sure, you get that thing. But it's, yeah, it's, it just flies off the wall. Like you see, like you saw when they were doing the presentation with like the South American mob boss. In order for that lady to effectively show off her powers without turning into a an ice statue, they had to keep her in a room that was a little hot. Yeah. Otherwise, mm-hmm. well, what you saw, ice statue. I, see, I need that, to that's, comment. That's I, inconsistent, I need to comment. I, I have to say this because that's inconsistent because who, what animal in the animal kingdom has the power to turn into the Hulk? There's Biggie, that Biggie guy whose name I didn't know, well, but, again, but it was a bad right, joke. Yeah. You know? But, but I guess it's, you can you can kind of say a puffer fish is able to expand its body at, at that point. It doesn't get because stronger. Because you have this little thing. It can't like now then tear down like it can't like beat the crap out of a shark when it yeah, does that. There, like, listen, it, there there are things that you have to suspend disbelief in this movie. Yeah, but the, I think that they should have avoided saying that the powers came from animals when so many of them are not yeah. anything that that any animal like. You you could say like you like you're right. There are animals that like can maybe regulate their body temperature a little bit more, or generate heat and things like that. There's even animals supposedly like the pistol shrimp that uh, I know what he's talking about. It doesn't actually shoot fire, but it like it it attacks so quickly that it 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 pressurizes the water around it. That's why the water right. gets really hot. 
but mm-hmm. it, does, it doesn't actually have the ability like maybe the the way that he does it in the movie is he like superheats the air by smacking it really fast but like yeah. none of these powers are really based on any animal reality there's no, no animal that has ice man powers so yeah, they, they, they take they take it. liberties, definitely. They they make you suspend disbelief on a lot of the stuff. You know, they they give you something that's kind of based in science, and then they say, Okay, well now you've got somewhat of an explanation. Now we can go and do whatever we want to do within the movie, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh I actually have a fourth thing. Oh now. my gosh. And this okay. is gonna He's be on my a roll. Last thing. Yeah. But um I did not like Jamie Foxx's power. Super Saiyan, the, the pistol shrimp. I feel like it's it's part useful and it's part useless because I mean it's a very useful power. Died. <laughs> well, yeah, but. he died, but that's not only that's not the only thing. For he it it only works in water, water, right? Generally in water. Yeah. So no, no. Well, he, the only time he, he was in... able to utilize it was during a rainstorm. Yeah. And and the story that he told was about you know, an animal that's in water. So we kind of make the inference that you that's a power that's to be used in water, you know? Maybe yeah, that's why he didn't I, take it before, the, when he was about to fight Wallace or whatever. Okay. But he never did, though. That's what I'm saying. Maybe that's why he didn't, because he... he yeah, exactly, work. you know. But so, again, uh, again, they they take you... 50% of the way and then they drop you off and they don't continue to tell you everything. You know, that that's another thing that maybe a little bit more explanation might have been needed. Not necessary, but it would have helped, you know? So, yeah, if anything, I feel like the power is somewhat... It's only useful during, like, rain and when you're swimming and stuff, but otherwise it's pretty much useless. Yeah. Well, so, unless you live in a place that it rains a lot. Well, like yeah. maybe like London or the rainforest. Hey, but at least you can raid Atlantis. There you go. I guess you could go underwater. Can you breathe? I want to ask you. I want to ask you guys one thing. Um, <laughs> how did you guys feel about the fight where the the Colombian drug lord or the the Hispanic drug lord, when they showed it from the perspective of the girl in the in the um, that heat chamber? Where yeah. you were, you were, you know the scene I'm talking about, right? Yeah, that's when they tested the yeah. They, they, that's when they turned Casey Neistat's girlfriend into Ice Woman, basically. Yeah, but there's a there's there. a specific thing, and I I think they were trying to make it their yeah. one take scene where horrible. You see <laughs> you see the fight from her perspective inside that machine or that I enclosure. Thought was, I thought it was bad. I, I yeah, so did I. I. I, I knew what they were trying to do, just like you said. It was like, oh, here's a cool new like action sequence style from not the perspective of the character. It's one take from the perspective of another character. Ooh. No, it, you couldn't see what was going on exactly really at all. There was um, there was too much there was too much frost on the windows to see what was going on. Right. I mean, I, I think part of it was there were so many people in that room that like it was it was probably hard for them to come up with, with a way to choreograph the action sequence against all of them. Maybe I don't know. But like it was it was it wasn't as cool as I think they thought it was going to be. Is, is my that point. was that was a scene that felt like when they were doing pre-production, they said, oh, this is probably a really cool scene that we can film. And then when they got into it, they were like, oh, <laughs> this is really hard. You know? <laughs> yeah. It, it, that for me, that scene, while 
I guess you can say is kind of inventive in a way. It did. It fell flat for me, like really, really. It, plus, it was bad. Plus, Ice Woman was a horrible actress, and her screams were really distracting me because they were not good screams, so to speak, yeah. in terms of acting. So, like, I was really distracted by her just like screaming at everything and help me and all that. And I was like, maybe with a better actress and some better camera work. Yeah, you know, I guess like, it could have been done a hell of a lot better, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't very good. <laughs> so, wh- who felt that Robin was going to have this huge, like, big moment that she had to take the pill, and all of a sudden she would be like the second coming of Ultra Instinct Robin or whatever? If I could raise I my didn't hand, get that feeling at all. Actually, I no. would. I thought she was going to be like Banshee. No, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there was there was there was this point that I thought that they were building to that throughout the entire film of how insistent she was on not taking the pill, how insistent on how she was to save uh, Tracy, you know, to help Art and stuff like that. And I truly felt like they were building toward this big moment for the character where all of a sudden she was going to be forced to make a decision. Do I take the pill or, you know, do I, I sacrifice one of the characters? And, and it just never came. I, I, I don't know. That's how I felt. I don't really feel that way. At least if I'm being honest. But I, I guess I could see, I guess I could see now that you mentioned it, I guess I could see a little bit of it. Uh, yeah. Okay. I could picture that. I, I For me, I guess I just didn't like the ending. The ending kind of wrapped everything up, you know, and... I'm going to I'm going to get back to the thing that really annoyed me in terms of the villains of this thing. They made this big deal about who Biggie was and we and apparently, you know, at, looking at the notes afterwards, Biggie was that that guy that the one that had the the messed up face, the one that was pushing the the drugs on the thing. Rodrigo and Santoro. I never got a sense that that was him. And I never got a sense why he was so important to the story. Well, he was the pusher. Yeah, but the way they made it sound like they made it sound like Biggie. You know what it felt like? It felt like um, in in Deadpool when Deadpool's going around and he's he's trying to find um, what's Ajax? Yeah, and what was the name that he was said? Yeah, where's Francis? <laughs> right? That's what it felt like. It Francis. really did. It was like everybody's saying, where's Francis? Where's Francis? No, where's Biggie? Where's Biggie? And then we get in, and, and I didn't even know that was Biggie. Biggie was a crappy mini-boss in this movie. That's the sense that yeah. I got from him. He was like the mini-boss that you beat way too easily and that the, the, the developers thought was going to be really cool. And then you just shoot a, a tank of gasoline, and his Hulk body explodes. I was stupid. Yeah, like, <laughs> and I think that's I another problem with this movie. Who really were the big villains in this movie that you know you can you can sit back and say, okay, there's that big fight at the end. We we never really got one, did we? No, we got. That's we why got... I don't think it was about the fight. No, but it it no, was an action movie. They should have done a little bit more with some solid action, other than. You know, yeah. the fight against, you know, Mr. Fantastic and Frog Wolverine. There should have been some better set because those were two interesting fights, at least. Like it was there was something that they got out of those fights that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
But yeah, like, the end scene is just him blowing himself up to to kill that that executive that ran, you know, that company. That was like that was that like was the end of like Dark Phoenix, if you ask me. It's just a character <laughs> waving much. their hands and people are disintegrating around him. Except Dark Phoenix doesn't die, I guess. Yeah. It's it's definitely not the type of movie like uh I guess Hannibal or uh fringe that like don't have any don't th- have that much action scenes. It, it you have to have a good story for um for no action scenes. If you don't want to do action scenes, you have to have a good story. Yeah. Yeah, and even touching upon something that Eli said earlier that I wanted to remake a point about sort of is that you said that the power gives you the power, right? To like take out a whole like block and a whole police station, which makes me all the more unsatisfied at how many people art is able to take out, including frog Wolverine without using any kind of powers. Like he just outfights him and like, it's a cool fight scene. I don't know what you guys thought about that fight scene. It's pretty cool, but like it's even in a superhero movie, it somehow stretches the bounds of what's plausible for me a little bit because he takes on like he's able to block all of these blows from like this guy with razor sharp like baraka claws on his arms and then use them against him like this i mean i just don't know it did it didn't it it was a cool scene that still felt kind of flat to me because I mean, I, let me put it this way. I would have liked it more if, if we had used a little bit more of what you were talking about, Walter, and given Jamie Foxx more of a backstory so that we could understand how he's so badass and so prepared and so able to take on all these soups. Like, you know, like yeah. freaking, you know, Bill the Butcher. Like, no problem. Like, it should have been his life. Like I said, that's why I could, exactly. it makes me feel like it's the boys. Because in the boys, you understand why Bill the Butcher is able to do it a little bit more his life is taking superheroes out. Yeah, that's all he does. You, you don't get that saying? sense from art. You nope. don't. Maybe maybe he was part of a super secret military military training program that gave them the pill and they were they were trying to create super soldiers. In that case, you understand how he can he can tackle these guys. Um but you don't get a sense of that. Or you could have said the, the maybe villains. like some of the power, if you are exposed to it early on, maybe like that you, you retain, retain a little bit of it. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're not that, super, super human, but like you're a little bit better than average. And that would make yeah, more you're sense. a little bit extra. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the, <laughs> you're like listen, an 11 instead of a 10. The, the villains, I think, you know, some of the villains were super underwhelming. There was there was that. Do you, guys Do you like remember the villain in the supermarket? Yeah. He yeah, takes, that was, he, yeah. yeah, he take they make such a big deal of him taking the pill and then he gets shot in the head. And then, you know, um that fight is over. Then he's gone missing, and then he gets killed again because the thing ended after five minutes and he you know he gets killed after five. Like, you know, it, it's stuff like that where you build up this this tension and this excitement. Oh, something's about to happen. And then nothing really truly happens. You know, mm-hmm. I I think that's one of the things that really disappointed me about the film. They were trying to do too many different types of movies yeah. almost. You know, it it wasn't a bad film by any stretch of the imagination. It's just I think I'm more disappointed by the promise of what could have been 
you know, because there there is there is some interesting things you could have done with it, and they just I don't know why they just chose not to to lean into those things. And like, what happens now? Almost like, because I feel like this is one of those one of those movies that if it does well, they'll make a sequel. But it's a poor setup for a sequel, kind of because, like you yeah, said, what? well, we don't know who the villains are. We have no idea. There's no indication of like what happens to Art and and Tracy now. Like they just they're free. That's it. This giant conspiracy was was keeping but her almost, locked away in order to create it almost seems like he blew up all the bad guys on the on that genesis boat that's what i'm saying that's it that's all there is this yeah. giant conspiracy was on one boat like it, they don't you don't get a sense that art and tracy what? are on the run you yeah. know you don't you don't get a sense that but frank has to now. now go back and deal with the remaining power pills that are out there uh the only thing that you get is that um, Robin is now on the radio. That's it. Yeah, she's a rapper now, so it's yeah. a happy ending after a gigantic, like society-changing yeah. conspiracy. Whatever. If you're setting up for a sequel, I don't, I don't know where you go from here because <laughs> it, it seems like this, the movie kind of ties all the the ribbons together and and you know gives you a nice little package to say here's the movie, it's done. You know? This is number one on Netflix right now, though, according to what yes, we had is. seen recently, right? It's only been out for a day because we're doing this podcast the day after it comes out, I think, right? Yep. And and it is the number one trending thing film on Netflix. Uh, it is, I think it has a 51 currently on, on uh, Metacritic, 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, based on 84 reviews currently. That's what, so, that seems to be about right. That does seem to be about right. Should we? Does anybody else have any further thoughts or any other further thematic things uh, or things that they liked or things that they didn't like that they want to expound not upon? Not really. No, not really. I guess we can move on to ratings then. Yeah, let's yeah, wrap let's, this up. Let's go ahead and add our ratings to the Rotten Tomatoes and uh, Metacritics of the world. So um, I guess I'll jump in and I'll start first um, just to summarize. So again, not to beat this dead horse to death, but there was definitely something pretty intriguing here that, that like we all said, it's a little derivative because they've tried to do this exact storyline with a couple of slightly different details here and there. Um a couple of times before in the last few years, whether you're talking about the boys or you're talking about limitless or you're talking about any other kind of storyline where it's giving people powers in this way through a drug or a pill or something like that. It, it's got a lot of potential. The execution falls flat. You see it over and over again. You, you have too many characters shoehorned into the movie. I think if you make this, you could have even made this like <coughs> you could have, you could have made part one, like, maybe Jamie Foxx's story. And let's say, let's say you could have done it this way. Like, like let's do a little bit of a hypothetical. And I guess maybe you guys could jump in when you review it and say, if there's anything hypothetical that you would have done to make it better. Cause for me, you have your first movie, you tell the story of Jim, of Jamie Foxx and Dominique Fishback, but she's Tracy. Okay. Like I said, you make this film about Jamie Foxx's character art, trying to find her 
and about Dominique Fishback's life as Tracy in captivity. You kind of take that and you make that a dual-sided part of this first movie. You include basically a lot of the other same elements that you get in this first movie. And you can wrap it up almost the same way as well, but you let Jamie Foxx die. Okay, that's the end of the first one. You let Tracy, Dominique Fishback. I totally agree. Okay, and then you come in with the second one where they're still trying to do this Project Power thing because obviously it wouldn't take one movie to take out and just take down this gigantic plot. You make the sequel starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Dominique Fishback. Then you approach it from the cop angle. She's still alive, maybe. They're trying to capture her. Jamie Foxx is dead. Joseph Gordon-Levitt jumps in. He's like, yo, I got your back. I'm, I'm actual Robin from, like, The Dark Knight Rises. So I got you. And that's part two right there. You have a decent part one. You have a decent part two. You squeeze all these characters back in the movie. You get something better. You expand upon it in the ways that it deserves to be expanded upon because, again, there's a lot of awesome little seeds for something greater here okay so for me there's there's two films here that could have been really actually something special and we didn't get that instead we got it shoehorned into one film and that is in the end what kind of it it sinks this movie for me my rating for this movie is in line with what uh what it is on metacritic it's a what is it a 5.72 on metacritic my rating or that's i'm sorry that's rotten tomatoes a 51 on metacritic i gave the movie a 5.5 out of 10 i wouldn't watch it again i'm not really very interested in exploring it again if it's on which it won't be because it's netflix it's not like it'll just be on in the background on tv like because, you, you know, that's like the old way of like sort of judging movies also. It's like, eh, if it's on, I'll watch it. Yeah. In this movie, I'm not really going to, even if it were on in quotes in that sense, I wouldn't really be too engaged in it. Maybe a couple of the scenes are fun. Like I'd watch some of the fight scenes over again. Um, I'd, I'd watch the fight scene with Wallace over again just to be disappointed by how quick and terrible it is. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's it's kind of a failing grade it wasn't a total waste of my hour and 45 minutes or 50 minutes or whatever it was but it was not really that good i you know it dragged a little bit too much in points which is odd for a movie that's trying to do too much like how does a movie that's trying to do too much still drag so yeah for me it's a five and a half out of ten in the end is is my rating for this movie. All right. Um here's what I think. I think that like I stated with my likes, it's not so much that they they try to this movie what I see it trying to do, I see it trying to start a dialogue. It's trying to start a conversation. Mm-hmm. And it attempts to do that but like you said, it gets muddled in the promises and the way they continue, the way they go forward with certain characters. I was, I, I like some of the, I, I, I kind of enjoyed Art's kind of arc. Um, 
Uh, the thing is, yes, it's a little lacking in terms of like this was supposed to be a superhero movie. Where the heck are all the superhero elements? But at the same time, I can see what they're actually trying to do here. And it's like you guys said before, it all comes down to execution. Mm-hmm. On the merit of what it tried to do, I would give it a 7.5 to an 8. But mm-hmm. because of how it was executed, I'm going to have to rest with a 7. Okay. It's not that I didn't like the movie. It's just that the way things ended up playing out, you didn't even know who Biggie was until, oh, wait, in the credits. That's him? Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character served his purpose, but beyond that was pretty much non-existent in the story. Uh, There are some oversights here, but I can again appreciate what they were trying to do. So be that what it may, I'm leaving it at 7 out of 10. Okay, I guess I'll go next. Um, I appreciate what Netflix is trying to do. It's funny because when I was kind of trying to pre-plan 2020 back in December and looking at, you know, the summer movies that that we may go and and see and review and things of that nature, it seemed like 2020 was going to be a little bit light. You know, we were post-Avengers Endgame. Um, We were looking at, what, Black Widow, um, Wonder Woman. There wasn't going to be a lot of, you know, geeky-type superhero movies that that we were able going that we were able to go out and and review and stuff right everything got pushed back right right and then covid hit and and so that shut down everything so netflix Mm -hmm. has kind of tried to um be the surrogate to that that they're trying to save the summer blockbuster season and you know, we've had a couple of hits and misses with them. I mean, you know, they, they brought out Six Underground with Ryan Reynolds, which we thought was okay. You know, it wasn't the best. It was entertaining, mm-hmm. but, you know, it wasn't like a spectacular movie. Um, the Old Guard was really well done. Extraction was a good action film and, and things of that nature. Um, I, I happen to think that Project Power however, kind of falls on the lower tier of um, the movies that have come out on Netflix recently. And, um, you know, like I said, this this seems like this is the movie that's going to bookend the summer blockbuster season. This is the one that at the very end of the season, we get that one big movie and, you know, then it's off to the fourth season, right? Um. It's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I think, and I think we've all we've all said this in one way, shape, or form. It's a frustrating movie in the fact that there are elements of the film that, if were expanded upon, could push this and elevate this a little bit higher. Um, there are themes that they've could have they could have leaned into that would have made this a smarter film. Um, there are villains that could have been fleshed out and, you know, you could have had more of a story behind them. The main characters could have had more of a backstory to understand, you know, the motivations that they've had, 
you know, the abilities that they had. I'm looking at you, Art, and how you you can fight supers without, you know, anything. So no exposition on that. Right, exactly. There, there was there was no sense that you know he's just a soldier. That's that's all you got from it, you know. And he was a soldier that they may have experimented on, but they you didn't get into that, you know. So when you're when you're seeing fights like the very first one where he's fighting against the fire guy Newt, right? Mm-hmm. When you see him, you know, in these fights when he, you know he's fighting Frog Wolverine, like you said. And and then the the one with the the really powered up individual where it only takes two shotgun blasts, you kind of feel overwhelmed, underwhelmed by all of that. So, um, it wasn't necessarily a waste of of time watching the film, right? Mm-hmm. But Jose, like you said, it's not a film that I'm busting at the seams to revisit and if there is a sec- if there is a sequel to this it's not a film that I'm going to be super excited about because yeah. this film kind of wraps everything up at the very end and there is no big threat that you see that's inherently right there for that second film so you know there's no excitement for me going forward so um I I am gonna roll out and I'm gonna I'm gonna agree more with Metacritic and I'm I'm gonna give this a five out of ten because I think there was a lot of promise but they just didn't land it and there was always something off while I was watching this movie. Three point five. Oh, into corn territory. No so, uh, so a, a six and a half on the corny scale. Since that's the reverse, uh, ten, ten out, inverse. Of ten. ten out of ten on the corny scale. Well, in, yeah, I guess corny is only one yeah. aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, it was, it was disappointing. It had potential. Very few scenes at the beginning was good, until it just started gaining problems like crazy, and it it just has too many. It has too many negatives that basically overlap the positive. What what and fell flat at the end for you, specifically? Just the say, wait, say it again. He asked Whoa. you what fell flat at the end for you. Oh, because uh, the end you said kind of solidified it was just, for you. Mm-hmm. It was just corny. I mm-hmm. I I just I I didn't really like what they did. It was really rushed at the end. It there was no. It felt like they were trying to just get it over with, like the writer, the writers starting getting like bored with the project. And that was no <laughs> offense to the writers. I'm sorry if I'm treating this movie really bad, but honestly, I just didn't like the movie. It it was enjoyable, but then after just looking back on it, it just got a little bit worse, a lot worse for me. That's really it. Alrighty then. All right, so we got a five and a half, a seven, a five, and a three and a half. Um, which which is, but. it seems like <laughs> this is the type of film that would elicit those type of responses. You know, there's some people that are liking it and some people that won't. I mean, that, that makes sense if it has like a, a Metacritic rating somewhere in the 50s, I guess. It's like really, really split on what people yeah. think about it. 
which again, it's it's. I, I think I actually would have liked this movie more if it had just been straight with what it was trying to do, but almost because it was trying to do so much and failed at pretty much all of that, it made me like yeah. it even less. Like I could have appreciated it as an action film if they had just played it as a straight action film instead of trying to make it a character study and a political commentary and like all this other stuff that they were trying to make it all at the same time in one movie. So I guess that's our consensus. We're just about in the same area as most other people that have seen this movie on Rotten Tomatoes on Metacritic and and most other critics right in that five, five and a half range to, to a six range. So I guess that's it. That's, that's our opinion of the Netflix original film starring Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Dominique Fishback, Project Power, which was released August 14th on Netflix. And you will be hearing this, our review, both uh, impressions and spoiler review uh, in just a couple of days following that. So once again... We want to thank you all out there for joining us for another episode of the Get Geek Podcast. Thank you for bearing with us when it comes to any sound issues, any sound artifacts, or any other problems when it comes to the technical aspects of this episode. We want to thank all our fans out there. And we want to remind you that the best way to support your favorite podcast is to like, rate, share, and subscribe. You can find the Get Geek Podcast on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes, wherever all your favorite podcasts are sold. So check us out and throw us some hey. support out there in the form and, of uh, I just want to I want to say one more thing. Um, yes, sir. We are also now on India's largest um, podcast music and video platform. Um, you'll be able to find us on Ghana as well. So... India, if you're listening, welcome. Thank you to our listeners in India. I know we have a couple, actually. So yes, we do. Uh, thank you to our listeners in India that somehow, I don't know how, how we got on that platform, but thank you. And you can find us on that, on Ghana, one of your other favorite podcast platforms and one of the largest markets on Earth. So... Again, thanks to all of our fans. Thanks to all of you who have participated in our most recent giveaways and won our most recent giveaways. We will definitely have more good content for you soon. We will definitely have more good giveaways for you soon. But until then, I would like all of you out there, all of my friends out in internet land, to stay geeky.